after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Are you okay, Sue? You having a hard time over there? <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> and Lord, I just pray now. <laughs> Every word in the Bible is true. <laughs> I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. <laughs> Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life, and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you're here this morning. If you don't like to laugh, you're in the wrong church, okay? We're, uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously around here. Um, I'm going to talk to you today. Obviously, it was something I was going to preach last week, but I know that God's timing is perfect. I know that his word is perfect, and, and my desire every week is to bring you into Jesus' presence, but it's also to deliver a word to you that you can use immediately. I, I want to be kind of like somebody that gives you a toolbox, and in that toolbox are hammers and nails and screwdrivers and everything else that you need to deal with the issues that you have in life. So today, we're going to be giving you a pretty powerful tool that's going to help you analyze where you are and be able to walk out of here and use it today, okay? And I'm going to give you some insight that I believe from God's word is going to open your eyes up because I know that there are people in this room that are going through challenges. And I can promise you this, either right now you are in a test in life, you've just come out of a test, or you're going into a test. How many of you like tests? Let me see your hands. One guy likes tests, okay? I mean, most of us don't like to be tested, do we? We don't like tests. And I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I guess I'm in school again, but when I was in school growing up, especially when I was younger, maybe elementary school or junior high, I really thought the teacher was giving me the test to fail me. I thought they were just mean, and their whole job was to make me fail, that they just, that's what teachers did. And, and I've come to learn over time that that's actually not the case at all. The reason that we have tests in our life is to show us what we know and what we don't know. The reason you have tests in life is to show you what you know and what you don't know. And I'm going to explain this a little bit more in a few minutes, and it's going to make a whole lot of sense. But I told you as I prayed, the Lord said, this is going to change some people's lives. So I want you to listen. This is going to help you today, okay? Look at Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. Sue, whatever you want to look at at your phone is fine. The rest of us will look at the Bible. <laughs> The notes are on the screen. Also, you should have a handout if you need that. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Watch this. Immediately when Jesus went underwater as he was coming up out of the water from baptism, he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit, like a dove, the Holy Spirit's not a dove, but the Bible says the Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, the voice of God came out of the heavens and said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Now watch this next verse, verse 12. Immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. The Spirit impelled or compelled Jesus or led him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And, when, and he was with the wild beast and the angels were ministering to him. Now, I want you to understand something theologically today. If you read all four Gospels, you're going to notice in all four of those Gospels, it talks about Jesus' baptism. 
Jesus' baptism was really the start of his earthly ministry. We understand what that means is he started his redemption of us, his salvation of us started when he came up out of that water that day. Now imagine this. First time we see this in the Bible, that Jesus, the Son of God, is present, the Holy Spirit is present, is present, and God the Father is present all at the same time. The four Gospels record this event. Now, to give you some contrast or some comparison, the, the Gospels, only two of the four Gospels actually talk about Christmas. Only two of the four Gospels talk about Jesus' birth. All four of the Gospels talk about Jesus' baptism. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. So Jesus is baptized. The presence of God is there. And I want you to imagine for a moment the Holy Spirit's presence, a voice from heaven speaking that says, good job, Miles. I'm proud of you. You're my son. What an amazing moment that was for the history of our world. But here's what is as amazing to me. The Bible says as soon as this event is over with, Jesus was compelled or led by the Holy Spirit into the desert, and he was tested for 40 days and 40 nights. And in that testing, he didn't eat any food, y'all. He didn't drink any water. Jesus was in the desert 40 days or 40 nights being tested by the enemy. So we have this amazing vent where all tr the Trinity shows up and Jesus' ministry is kicked off. And immediately, the Bible says, he goes into 40 days of temptation. This uh, interests me. And here's why it interests me. How many of you in your life have decided, you know what? I'm all in with God. I'm tired of messing around. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start going to Sunday school. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm all in with God. And immediately, the devil shows up and smacks you right in the head. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Doesn't it seem like in your life, when you really choose to draw close to God, all of a sudden, bam, everything starts going wrong? Well, that's kind of what this message is about today because I'm going to explain to you why there are tests and trials in our life. And this is a big deal. See, for many of us, we grew up and we thought, well, when I got saved and I started following Jesus, everything's supposed to be rainbows, unicorns, and sunshine. Anybody feel that way? I kind of thought that. And the truth is, Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, which means trouble. There's going to be times in your Christian walk that you're going to deal with some stuff. And it's not going to be easy, but I love what Jesus said here. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. So listen to me right now, and I'm going to remove a myth from you. I didn't say this in first service, so there's somebody obviously that needs to hear this. Just because you're going through a trial today doesn't mean God is mad at you or doesn't love you. Matter of fact, it may be the opposite. Say that again. Just because you're going through a trial or a test right now doesn't mean God is mad at you or doesn't love you. It may be the exact opposite. There's a reason for these tests, Barbie. There's a reason for these trials that we go through. I'm going to show you what they are. I think this is, I'm telling you guys, this will be revelational to many of you. Look down in your notes at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. So be truly glad, Peter says, there is wonderful joy ahead of you, even though you must endure many trials or tests for a little while. Watch this next verse, verse 7. These trials or tests will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested 
as fire tests and purifies gold. But watch this. He says, though your faith is far more precious than gold. Interesting. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Listen, folks. Listen. You only know how strong something really is when it's tested. You only know how something will withstand test if it goes under great pressure. And Paul is saying, or Peter is saying here, that your faith is more precious than gold, and the way to refine or strengthen your faith is to test it. And that's exactly what we see going on right here. Let me ask you a question today. How many of you, if you're going to have your car worked on, you know, and there's a big issue with your car, take it over to a shade tree mechanic, or would you rather have an ASE certified mechanic work on it? Okay, some of you are going, ah, I know a pretty good shade tree mechanic. All right, let me take it up a notch. How many of you, if you're having teeth issues, would rather go to a dentist or go to the farmer down the road who pulls horses' teeth? Come on, let me see. Yeah, exactly. Most of you, how many of you would say you'd rather go to the dentist, the degreed, certified? Okay, thank you. A couple of holdouts. Okay, a couple of holdouts. You know a pretty good farmer. Okay. All right, let's say you're having heart surgery, open heart surgery. How many of you want to go to the doctor, the physician that's gone through years of training, who's gone through years of degrees and internships and has practiced this a whole lot, and all of a sudden you're put on there? Or you want the guy that slept at the Holiday Inn Express last night? How many of you? (laughs) The truth is, watch this. Y'all are probably not going to like this. The truth is, we want to deal with people like that. We want the guy that was at the top of his class. But most of us are not willing to go through the same kind of testing and trials in our life to be the best that we can be. Ouch. We want others to be held to that standard. But we don't necessarily want that same standard to be held for us. And it is so Absolutely true. There are two groups of people in here. Actually, there's more than that. But there's a couple of groups of people in here. Uh, How many of you, when you went to school, you walked in, the teacher was up there describing what was going on, and your first thought in your mind was, what do I have to do to pass? What do I have to do to pass? I don't care to make an A. You know, if a 70 is passing, I'll take a 70. You know what I'm saying? I just want to get through this, right? Then there's the other group in there that, you know, you want to pass, you want to do really well, you want to learn the information. And let me tell you why there are tests in life. The test that we encounter in life is not to fail you, it's to see what you know. It's to see what you know. And the reason that the teachers test us, the reason that our faith is tested is because we need to understand if it can withstand pressure, if it is able to handle it when things get hard. And that's what Peter is talking about here. He's talking about these tests come so that they test our faith and refine it. Because here's the thing. If you're one of those people in the room right now that you find yourself to be caught in this circle in life and you can't seem to ever get above where you are. And by the way, there are people that I know that are there their whole entire life. 
They never graduate spiritually from first or second grade. And they just stay there. They keep going around and around and around. And here's why. God will not promote you past your level of preparation. And there's a reason for this. And here's this this great truth that I want to share with you. How many of you know Miles? Stand up, Miles. Turn around wave at everybody. There you go. Miles, firefighter, one of Highland's best right there. He's going through firefighter school. Yeah, I give him a hand. That's good. But here's the deal. I take full responsibility for Miles going into firefighter school because if any of you know me that have been here for a while, I set all kinds of stuff on fire a lot. So I don't know that Miles was so much called to that or if he went into fire service because it was just self-preservation. You know, he figured it. That's, that's it right there. He's just trying to stay alive. But, but here's the deal. You can go down here tomorrow, and they need volunteers at our local fire. You can go volunteer tomorrow, but day one, they're not going to put you in charge of the fire truck. No, they're not going to at all. Yeah, sorry. They're not going to do that. And, and here's why. They don't want you showing up to the fire. Maybe you can drive the truck, but showing up to the fire, and you jump off, and this house is on fire, and you run back, and you don't even know how to turn the pumps on. But you know what's interesting about the way they do these guys? Is they have all these tests on the equipment. And once you pass this level, and you've got it mastered, then you can go to this level. And once you pass that one, you go to this level. And that's exactly the same process that God takes us through. Until we've got this one figured out, we can't go over here. You say, well, pastor, why is that important? In his case, it's very obvious. How many medical people do I have in here? Let me tell you something. I've been in situations. Matter of fact, I was in a situation last year where I was working for Highland. And a young boy was running across the highway last fall. And a car hit him at 55 miles an hour. I was the first one on the scene. And as we began to stabilize this young man and the helicopters were coming in and traffic was beginning to stop, I have no medical training. I am not qualified to help that young man other than to keep him not to move. And I look over and here comes my son with his medical bag. I'll never forget this as long as I live. He kneeled down by me, and he looked up, and there was that knowing. And he said, Dad, I've got this. And I stepped back, and I began to pray for that young man as Miles began to administer first aid. That young man's alive. Why? But it's because he was prepared. And, and if you don't go through the test in your life, if you don't move beyond where you are now to the next level spiritually, and you remain spiritually immature, there are people in your life right now that are close to you that if you don't pass the test, you can't help them. You remain immature as a 30, 40, 50, 70 year old, and you're not able to help anybody because you're not at the place where you've been willing to pass the test. And I want to tell you right now, that's the way God's kingdom works. And God is calling us today to be willing to endure 
and be willing to pass the test. Why? Because the lives, the spiritual lives of people hang in the balance. But most of us are not willing to pray, pay the price to move forward. We're content going around the mountain. But if we ever want to see change in our families, if we ever want to see change in our communities, and if we ever want to see change in our country, we have to stop looking at everybody else and start taking responsibility ourselves and say, God, I'm willing to endure whatever you need me to. Why? For other people. You say, Pastor, how does that make sense? Let me ask you this question. We know scripturally that Jesus passed the test. The devil took him up to a mountain and said, look. He said, you see all the kingdoms of the earth. If you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these. Jesus was also, remember he was hungry. 40 days, 40 nights, no food. The devil said, if you're the son of God, turn this rock into stone. Jesus didn't do it. He passed the test. And it was then that he became qualified to be our savior Let me ask you this question today. What would have happened if Jesus had not passed this test? Go ahead. What would have happened? We wouldn't be here. No Savior. No salvation. He had to pass the test. And I want to tell you today, folks, this is a foundational principle of life. And some of you... The reason you are going over and around and you're encountering the same trials over and over and over again is because God will not promote you until you pass the test. And you've got to accept that responsibility and and pass the test. You have to. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles or tests of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Yay, I'm being tested. Right? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I read an article on the Navy SEALs. Everybody know what a Navy SEAL is? Military guys? Phenomenal, right? Phenomenal. And and they're in such peak physical condition. Well, I read an article this week about a Navy SEAL. This guy was 260 pounds. Big dude. Check this out. He was running a 100-mile endurance race. How many of you right now, if you get in your car and drive to Walmart, you're going to be worn out? Come on, let's be honest. Woo, long drive. Need a shake or something. You know, I'm wore out. I mean, this guy is running. He's 260 pounds. He's a big boy. He's running a 100-mile endurance race. At the end of the race, he'd broken bones in his foot, other issues, and he finished the race. And someone was asking him, how do you do that? Here's what he said, when you think you're done, when you think you are physically done, physiological fact here, when you go out, let's say we all went outside right now and went running, be a short race, wouldn't it? Come on, let's be honest. But if we all went outside and went running, and listen to me, when you felt like you've taken your last step, you still have 60% left in your tank. It's up here. The battle is not this. Or this, the battle is this. 
And the only way you begin to work those things out, the only way you'll know how far you can go in life is when you are tested and you begin to encounter these trials. And God is trying to grow you up. He's trying to mature you. But listen to me, you don't have to do it. And the reason most of us don't grow or many of us don't grow is because we choose to ring out. We decide we're done. It's too hard. And so we choose to go around the mountain again. One more time. And one more time turns into ten more times. And ten more times turns into a hundred times. And near the end of our life, we realize we haven't accomplished what we wanted to because we were not willing to pay the price. It's true. How many of you right now, your toes are hurting? Let me see. Come on, be honest. Me too. This truth hit me too. I've got to share something with you, and you guys know me. Those that don't know me, I'm not being arrogant, okay? So you'll, you'll figure that out if you stick around here long enough. When I went through college, my bachelor's degree, I got a 2.71. What that means is I didn't try. <laughs> I, I made a C, a little over a C. At that time in my life, I was going, what do I have to do to get by? Right? I enjoyed college. <laughs> I was just trying to graduate. I've gone back to school and I'm working on my master's degree. I'm the pastor of an awesome church, most awesome church in the world with lots of people in it. Police officer, working on all those different things that I'm doing. Dad, all these other things that I want to do well. And guess what? I'm carrying a master's classes and I'm making a 4.0. Okay? I never knew coloring books could be so difficult. No. It's very difficult. Here's the point. It's about your effort. It's about how bad do you want it. And let me tell you why I'm getting my master's degree and maybe my doctorate, but at least my master's degree. Let me tell you why. Because I want to be, I've decided that I only have so much time. Okay? And I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best pastor that I can be. And if I'm going to do that, I've got to choose to cooperate with God and go through some stuff. So I'm doing it for you guys and for me. And so my question to you is, are you willing to do it also? Or are you just going to go around and keep going around the mountain? Are you willing to make the changes that you need to make? You know, I've learned something as a pastor over the years. I'll have various people come into my office for lots of different reasons. But I can tell pretty quick whether people are serious or not about changing. Because if I say, hey, here's a prescription, let's do this, and if they come back in a month and they haven't done it, then they're really not serious. And I have literally said to people, and some of you are going to go, I have literally said to people, you know what, until you're ready to change, we're done here. Because I don't have time. Because there are other people that are willing. Does that sound hard to you? That's what Jesus did. And it's not that Jesus doesn't love us. He loves us completely. But if you're not willing to grow, there's nothing anybody can do for you. That's your decision. All the resources in the world are available to you. But if you choose not to grow, you're never going to grow. And the way we measure your growth is your tests. 
It's your tests that tell you where you are. Interesting. I mentioned to you the other day that my, my Uncle James passed away. He was the dean at Southwestern for many years. A number of Christian university presidents call him their mentor. One of the greatest men of God I've ever known. One of the most humble people I've ever met. When I was born, he and my dad dedicated me to ministry. Interestingly, Josh, they didn't tell me till I was 22. So I did all this stuff that I wanted to do and then finally got on the same page with God. He was a very important person in my life. When I sang at his funeral the other day and had the opportunity to participate in that service, I sat down on the front row. After I was done, they played a video clip of him speaking at either a college commencement or a big class deal where he was asked to speak. This is what he said. God will use you to the extent of your preparation. God will use you to the extent of your preparation. Watch this. Don't take shortcuts. Don't do what is necessary just to get by. Don't take shortcuts. Do what is don't do what is necessary just to get by. In other words, immerse yourself in the process that God has for you. If some of you will walk out of here today, those of you that are here that this message is for, you know who you are. God's prepared this for you. He wants you to hear this because he's tired of watching you go around the mountain. He knows how hard it is for you. And he knows how difficult it is for you and your family. He understands the challenges that you're facing. But what he's saying to you very simply is this. Surrender to the process. Surrender to the process. He will not promote you past your ability. Because the stakes are too high. The stakes are too high. I'll say this to you in closing today. There's a couple of things that God wants to work through in your life. He wants to teach you patience. He wants to teach you endurance. Okay? He wants to teach you tenacity. He wants you to have that going, going that you don't give up. And he does all those things for one very specific reason. He wants you to be prepared. He wants you to be prepared. You know, I understand this so well. I really do get this. Because of our world being in such a difficult situation right now and everything that we see going on, God is looking for people who are not only willing, but they're able. And if you're not willing to go through his process, you're not going to be capable. And there are hurting and dying people all around us that need to see God's love and his mercy. And God wants us to be his hands and feet. But we have to be willing to do that. We have to be willing to submit to his process. So in closing, he's not mad at you. He's testing you. He loves you. And he doesn't want to send you out there until you're ready. Surrender to the process. You understand? You understand? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us so much. And Father, I thank you. I really do thank you for the simplicity of your word. Lord, even a child can understand this. Even a child can understand that you have to pass the test to move on. 
And so, Father, right now, in the holiness of this moment, as we're here together as a family, as your children, Lord, help us to be honest about where we are. Lord, there's some of us in here today that spiritually we've never gotten past kindergarten or first grade. And that's not an indictment, Lord. I've been that person. But Lord, you're crying out for us because you need us to be your hands and feet to a world that's lost and dying, to our friends and our neighbors, our children who are broken and hurting, who are lost. And Father, I can't think of anything much worse than seeing people dying all around us and us being unprepared to help them because we're not ready. We're not equipped. Lord, I pray that your word, your Holy Spirit would really convict our hearts not to condemn us. You don't condemn us. You just show us where we are. Lord, help us to be real about that. Father, help help me to be real about that. Lord, help us to embrace the process, not fight it. Lord, help us to surrender to you and allow you to finish the work in our hearts that you've already started. For those today that are discouraged, Lord, because they keep going around the mountain, let them understand that you love them and that you're trying to get them to to step up and move on. But they've got to cooperate with you. If you're here today, nobody's looking around. This is a holy moment. This is a holy moment. If you're that person today, that that that's you, you realize you've just been walking around in circles, you haven't advanced, you feel like you're stagnant in your growth with the Lord, and maybe God's showing you right now that it's not Him, it's you. He's just calling out to you because He loves you. And and if you'd like to to take that step, to to make that decision that you're going to surrender to His process, you're going to do things this way. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me right now. That's me. Amen. See your hands. Amen. 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 That's awesome. You put your hands down. That's awesome. Say, Pastor, how do I do that? You know, a lot of it, folks, is just agreeing with God. It's just agreeing with him. Surrendering to him. Saying, Lord, have your way in me. Whatever you need to do, Father. Have your way. I want us to all pray this together. If you mean this, this morning, I want us to all pray this together. Lord Jesus. You know me. You know my heart. I've had these tests again and again and again. And I realize today that I need to surrender to you. So right now, Lord, I'm surrendering. Have your way with me for my life, for my family, for my friends, for my community, and for our country. 
today, I surrender to you. You may say, well, pastor, is that it? Tests come in many different ways, folks. And tests are different for every one of us. God doesn't just give blanket tests. He gives a test that's specific to your situation. It's exactly where you are. And he's given it to you to strengthen you. Because he loves you. And he knows what's coming down the pike. And he knows the people around you that need you to be ready. People that need you to be strong. So today, as you surrender to this process, when these tests come, what I want you to do is say, Lord, Lord, I'm just going to surrender to you. Father, just have your way. I want to help me to walk this out. Show me what to do. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. You prayed that and meant that today? The next time those tests come around, do it his way. All right, Lord. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my way, but your way. And I trust you. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Oh, never mind. Sit down. We're just Catholic right then. Stand up, sit down. It's all good. Those Catholic folks that are here, you know what I'm talking about. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. All right, it's all good. Um, I'd like, uh, Ricky, do you have the, the giving bag things? I don't even know what we call those deals. Offering bags, thank you. That was really complicated. I got it now. <laughs> I hope you get this. I hope you get this. So the answer, the question is, is this a test? The answer is yeah. It's a test. Here's what we're going to do as we take up this offering. If you write a check, just make it out to uh, make it out to the church, but put on there somewhere Louisiana or Flood. If you can't spell Louisiana like me, you know, just put Lou. <laughs> we can figure that out. Put Flood, whatever. But we'll take this all up and we'll make sure this gets to the folks it needs to get to. Thank you, Clint. Thanks. Come on down there, guys. You know what? I love being in God's family. I can't, I, and I mean this, and the Lord knows I'm telling the truth. I am so tickled to be your pastor. I brag on you guys to everybody I know just about because you're amazing. You're so easy to love, even Dennis at times. I mean, you know, but the truth is you are, and I'm thankful for that. Let's pray over this offering, and then when they're done, I'll dismiss you. Lord, thank you for giving us uh, the ability to give. And so, Lord, today we give to our brothers and sisters in Louisiana, Lord, that are struggling. And we want to give a practical gift, Father, that goes to their relief. And so, Father, as we give today, we not only give financially, Lord, we pray for them in the loss and the devastation. Lord, even in the middle of the storm, we know that you're God. There's a lot of people down there that are going through the test and they're asking why. But, Father, I just pray 
that in the middle of that, you would reach down and love them and that miracles would happen and they would see your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, amen. You guys give the offering and then when we're done, I will dismiss you. guest today and you haven't filled out one of those guest cards, just fill that out and you can leave it in your seat. We promise we won't stalk you. We don't do that. But we do like to know you're here. you know here in a couple weeks Mark Labuschagne will be coming back he and his wife are getting ready Andy getting ready to head back to South Africa they started their uh, six or eight month campaign here they're going to be ending it here before they head back so we'll have their ministry here in a couple weeks and in September because I love football we're going to be doing a kickoff campaign and uh, be doing a football theme campaign it's going to be a whole lot of fun so that'll be coming up and I do want you to know for those of you that care God's team, the Dallas Cowboys, did win this Saturday. So uh, if you're a Redskins fan or a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, just meet me afterwards. And, uh, and I will pray over you that God will save you from your loss. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Pray for you guys as you go. <laughs> Lord, thank you for allowing us to be a family. Thank you for allowing us to be here at this time in the history of the world together. That we get to serve you together and love you, Lord. And I thank you for the miracles that you're doing in our midst, for the lives that are being touched and changed. And Father, I pray today as we leave this place that your power and your presence would be with us. And Lord, that you would be honored. Help us to go out into a world, Father, that is lost and people need to see your love. Jesus, you told us that we're the light of the world. And our job is to shine and point people to you. And so I pray, Father, that as we leave here in very practical ways, we'd show people you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go. You guys have a great week.